try to make their way back home in different modes of transportation, whether it be automobiles, trains, or airplanes, or whatever the case may be. But you're here, and I'm here, and we are starting the Advent season. All roads lead to Christmas, and we're starting a brand new series today, Christmas at the Movies, and I'm going to get into that in just a, in just a moment. But the word Advent means preparation, preparing our hearts for one who is worthy. And more to the point, as Christians, we prepare our heart for the coming of the Christ child. Because as God's children, we understand that the reason for Christmas is we celebrate Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And there are a couple of things this time of year that seem to be synonymous with, with Christmas. Great music, great worship is one of those, and also great movies are as well every year at this time movies all kind of christmas movies come out when mary and i were celebrating our first christmas together it wouldn't do it except for we would watch um it's a wonderful life and we've watched that movie goodness gracious there's no telling how many times we've watched that movie it's a wonderful life it always ends the same and we always watch it with anticipation it's just one of those family traditions that we've held through the years now for over well almost two decades and so there's absolutely no doubt in my mind there's power in scripture now how do I know that I know that because the Bible teaches that the Bible says that God's Word will not return back void to you or to me when we teach when we preach when we proclaim the Word of God to be true and there's power in cinema you know 25 years ago this Christmas season there was a movie that was released and, and many of you have seen it there were several sequels to it home alone anybody ever seen home alone anybody anybody most of you have seen home alone the main character of this movie is a little bitty boy named Kevin and Kevin is facing a dilemma you see his whole family they're they're rushing to, to, to get to the airport to go on a family vacation around the holiday time and and you know how it is <clears throat> When we're rushing to leave that morning of a trip, wherever the vacation may be, whether you're rushing to get to the airport or you're rushing to get the car packed and you're going to destination X, it's frantic, it's stressful. There's a lot of anxiety involved in this. But the family was, they're all trying to pull together and they, they finally make it to the airport and, and they get loaded and they board the plane and they're all up, up and away. And then there's that moment in the movie when the mom and Kevin realized they're not together. As a matter of fact, Mama and Daddy and all the other family, they're on an airplane going somewhere far, far away. And Kevin, the main character of the whole movie, well, he's left home alone. And then the remainder of the movie revolves around Kevin attempting to thwart the, the, the two robbers who are trying to case out his home, his neighborhood, and rob them and mess Christmas up. And there comes a point in time in the movie when Kevin declares war on the two robbers. And he lays out his plans. It looks like just architectural plans, but it's just scribbled from a kid. And the whole movie revolves around the two kind of well, not so bright robbers trying to break into the home, and Kevin just messes it all up, and he saves the day for his family. Now, why are we doing Christmas at the movies? Well, over the course of the next three weeks, I'm going to surface a movie, and I'm going to marry it to a scripture, and the movie's mentioned for one reason, 
to help you and me remember one truth in preparation for the Advent season. And here's the truth today, preparation. We have a responsibility to prepare. Now, Kevin, in the movie, he was preparing to protect his home and his family against would-be robbers. But as God's children, we have to prepare against those things that would seek to rob us of the true meaning of the Christmas season, whether it be culturally, financially, spiritually, relationally. We have that responsibility. Now, things can get frantic this time of year. And there are many reasons that things get frantic and stressful between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Hence our one big idea today. I would encourage all of us to co convert our desperation into a declaration that says Jesus Christ is why we worship. Jesus Christ is why we celebrate. He's why we sing so passionately. He's why we teach the Word of God. He's why we do what we do as Christians. Now, there's a lot of desperation that happens in our culture, and especially in our, cult in our country, from Thanksgiving Day until Christmas Day. It's desperate. Things like Black Friday and, and, and Cyber Monday. You know, every year, there's a car uh, company out right now that's kind of tapped into that idea where one neighbor is coming home from a real early morning shopping spree. It's Black Friday. You've seen the commercial. I'm not going to plug the, um, the automobile um, dealership, but he comes home, and the one, one neighbor on the, that he's talking to, he looks refreshed. He's probably had his coffee, and he says, hey, what happened to you? He's got a black eye. He's disheveled. Oh, oh, I, I've been out shopping. I saved hundreds of dollars. And then his neighbor, he says, what about you? Oh, I slept in and I saved thousands and thousands of dollars, obviously, to buy an automobile. There's different things that we can do this time of year that demonstrate desperation. Some would say getting up at 1 a.m. to save $100 on television might be desperate. I've done it before. Maybe you have as well. I've kind of graduated and moved beyond that. But there's all kind of other things that point to desperation. I think one of the reasons is that, man, the window between Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's a short window. It's just a narrow block of time. And if you notice for some reason that our expectations go through the roof almost exponentially, expectations often that we can never meet. And then combine that with the fact that we're around family that we have not seen all year. Maybe you only see them once a year. And then after being with them for an hour or so, you realize why you only see them one time a year. Right? I know some people have said that to me. Maybe not you. And so there's lots of desperation. There's all sorts of things going on. And people are running here and they're running there. They're trying to make this office party and they're trying to get the house in order. And we're trying to make everything look just right. And all the while, Jesus is saying, why don't you turn that desperation into a declaration that says the reason that you celebrate, the reason that you worship, the reason that you give gifts, the reason that you run here and you run there, it's not for a party. It's not for an event. It's not for a family member. But it's for Jesus Christ, our King, our Savior, our Lord. Our text this morning might seem a little bit out of place, Luke 10. In Luke 10, verses 38 through 42, Dr. Luke introduces us to Mary and Martha. And we're either Mary or Martha in our personalities. Many of us would, depending on, 
on where you fall in the birth order, but there's a lot of lessons to learn here. And, and I want you to remember this word today, preparation. It's my responsibility and it's your responsibility to prepare for the coming of Christ's child. But I want you to understand something. That doesn't just happen. It takes intentionality on my part and on your part. And in this text, we learn exactly how to prepare. And we pick the scene up in Luke 10, beginning in verse 38. Here's what Dr. Luke says in verse 38 of chapter 10 of the Gospel of Luke. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Stop. Nowhere in the text is it said that they were just getting together. Nowhere in the text does it say that other people were invited. Nowhere in the text does it say that this was a planned get-together. You could deduce from that verse that this was an impromptu visit. The guest of honor, none other than the Savior of the world. He would come to Martha's home, and there was a lot of work to do. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had anybody just show up at that time? Anybody? Have you ever, have you ever been preparing for a big big meal and family and friends and then just had someone show up five minutes before you were going to eat and they just didn't have good common sense to know it wasn't a really good time have you ever been there i've been the person that showed up and done that before and then just invited myself to dinner it's true it was before i got married and i didn't know any better but i mean i've done that before and, and maybe you have as well but this was actually a planned visit not by martha not by Mary, by Jesus. Because you see, we know that Jesus is God in the flesh. We know that because the Bible teaches us that. The Gospel of John, the first chapter. Read that this afternoon. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. His name was Jesus. So although Martha and Mary might not have been preparing for Jesus, He was preparing for them. Okay, that's the backdrop. Look at verse 39. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Okay, notice the contrast in personalities. Martha, a worker. Mary, not so much. Mary's just kind of chilling out. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus. She's listening to Jesus. She's soaking in what Jesus is saying. And Martha, well, she's not doing that. Martha is working. Now, let me get, let's get something straight. Churches, nonprofits, companies, could not function without Martha's. We need both Martha's and Mary's. But herein lies the transition in the story. You've got the working personality of Martha. You've got the resting and listening personality of Mary in verses 38 and 39. And then in verse 40, the story turns. But Martha was distracted by all the preparation that had to be made she came to him, him meaning Jesus, and asked, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Here's the lesson in verse 41 and 42. Martha, Martha, 
Her name is mentioned twice in the original Greek and the English translations for emphasis. We can deduce it is a very gentle rebuke from Jesus, the guest of honor, to Martha. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. The word worried in the Greek means a divided mind. You can't move forward if you're worried about things from the past. It's like somebody grabbing a hold of your, your belt loop and pulling you backwards. It's not going to happen. You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. The key word is preparation. And here's a one-liner that God gave me this past week that I'm trying to practice right now, especially through Christmas Eve. You ready? And it's simply this. The presence of God is always preceded by the preparation of your heart. The presence of God is always preceded by the preparation of your heart. I'm going to flush out what the presence of God means. The presence of God is always preceded by the preparation of the heart. I want you to notice the contrast in the text. The Bible said that Martha opened her home up to Jesus, the Savior of the world. He would become the guest of honor. But in Luke chapter 2, verse 7, when the Christ child was born, the Bible says that Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus had no room in the inn. Interesting. There was no room for Jesus in the inn when he was born. But yet, Martha and Mary opened their home up to Jesus, but they were distracted, or rather, Martha was distracted by all the preparations, and she missed the fact that the Savior of the world was in her living room, and she got preoccupied with all of these other things. Moreover, Jesus gave affirmation to the one who did nothing, Mary. Now, if I'm Martha, that would have stung. Now, here's one thing that I took away from this. Be very careful that your pursuit, that your pursuit of perfection does not distract you from the things that matter the most. And depending on what your personality is, you know, that may be more of a struggle for you. But I want to remind all of us this morning, in the Christian faith, this side of heaven, the goal never, ever has been perfection according to scripture it always has been progress progress meaning that we're walking closer and closer with Christ every day and oftentimes for me maybe oftentimes for you the pursuit of perfection robs us of our presence of the presence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ it's easy to want things just right it's easy to want things in their place but Jesus reminds me and he reminds you not to get distracted this Advent season by the lesser things. He would even go a step further. He would not just say, don't get distracted by the lesser things. He would remind us not to get distracted by the Marys, right? He would remind us not to get distracted by the people who have it, have it right. The laid-back personalities, those people who are sitting, resting at the feet of our Lord. He would remind us to open our hearts up to Christ to whatever He wants to teach us. 
Now, what are those lesser things that may get us all distracted? It could be an office party. It could be a, a family get-together. It could be Christmas morning in and of itself when you have envisions and you want it to go just right. And he's saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait just a minute. Wait just a second. Be careful that your pursuit of perfection does not rob you of the presence of the Lord. And what does that mean? That sounds so churchy, to rest in the presence of the Lord. What does that mean? And, and is, is it possible? It is actually possible. Here's what it means. It's real simple. Resting in the presence of the Lord simply means that we read and reflect on the Word of God and we obey it. And we allow Scripture, this is the key, we allow Scripture to order our lives, to prioritize our lives. So the presence of the Lord is preceded by the preparation of our heart. The presence of the Lord is preceded by the preparation of our heart. And we find the presence of the Lord when we read the Word of God and we obey the Word of God and we allow the Word of God to order and prioritize our lives. It's that simple. Jesus told Martha there is only one thing that is necessary and Mary has chosen what that one thing is. Now Luke tells us in chapter 2 verse 19 after the Christ child was born but Mary Mary she pondered she treasured up all these things now what that means in the 21st century for you and me is that we take the meaning of Christmas and we hold it close to our heart and we pull a page out of the home alone movie and we guard against those things that seek to rob us of the meaning of the advent season whether it be culturally financially spiritually or relationally and so the presence of god is preceded by the preparation of our heart which we prepare our hearts by opening up the word of god and allowing the word of god to prioritize and to order our lives now we need to take a page out of how Mary did that. She treasured up all these things. Here's what's happening in 21st century. Far too often, Christians are destroyed not by bad things, but rather because they're distracted from doing the good things that God has called us to do. Too often, Christians are not destroyed by bad things of life, but are distracted from the good things. You know, someone said years ago, and this quote just kind of stuck with me, if the devil can't make you bad, it'll make you busy. Have you ever heard that? If the devil can't make you bad, it'll make you busy. Let me share with you. we got a lot of Christian people right now in the United States of America that are really, really busy. And we're under the mistaken notion that the busier that we are, the more spiritual we are. And nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus calls us to be in Christ, not to do things for Christ. If we will be what Christ called us to be, i.e. John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me will bear much fruit, but apart from me you can do nothing. If we will be what Christ called us to be, at one with Christ, we will do what he expects us to do. The coming of the Advent season, the coming of the Christ child, means we have to prepare our hearts preparation of our hearts and that's how we experience the presence of God by being in the Word of God and by obeying the Word of God by allowing it to order our lives you know in verse 41 of the text Jesus said to, to, to Martha 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 you are worried divided mind and upset about many things 
Mary has chosen the one thing that is best. Stop. Which describes you? Martha? Or Mary? Right now. Are you worried? Are you upset? Are you anxious? Or are you resting in the presence of the Lord? Have you pushed the pause button? Open up the Word of God. Let it sink into your mind. Obey it. And allow it to order your lives. Because you see, this morning, you're either upset and worried, like Martha, or you're at peace, like Mary. This time of year, there's not a lot of middle ground. As God's children, there's not a lot of middle ground. And the key word this morning is preparation. And not necessarily preparations for the party to make it just right or the office get together to make it just right, but rather the preparation of my heart. Because the presence of God is always preceded by the preparation of our heart. And the preparation of our heart never occurs unless we open up the Word of God. Allow it to sink into our minds and then ultimately to shape our character and to order and prioritize our lives. You see, as God's children, I want you to, I want you to hear me say this. We have control of what controls us. We have control of what controls us. Credit cards do not control us. We control them. The question is whether or not we make that wise decision this Christmas season. Frank talks with family. Frank talks with family that say, we're not going to spend more than we make this time of year. It's not about perfection. It's simply about practicing the presence of the Lord. And we practice the presence of the Lord by opening up the Word of God and allowing it to order our lives. When we choose to forgive, which many of us need to do, and did you know that more times than not this time of year between Thanksgiving and Christmas, did you know that we have more reasons to forgive because we're busier than we've ever been and our lives are connected with so many different people on so many different levels and so many different places? When we choose to forgive, we practice the presence of God. When we choose to surrender our lives each and every day, we're practicing the presence of God. We can either strive for perfection or we can strive for the presence of God. But we can't do both. The choice is yours. So as Thanksgiving's in our rear view mirror and Christmas is right around the corner, remember those words. We can strive for perfection or we can strive for the presence of God. We simply cannot do both. We don't abandon our preparations. Contrary, that's why we have a group of people that are meeting in our church at 2 o'clock this afternoon to prepare for our next weekend and getting everything ready. We don't abandon our preparations. We're just not limited by it. When Mary and I were in seminary, we came in contact, we met, we are friends with lots of people that were traveling a similar season or a similar road of ministry as we were, and then many were traveling a lot different roads. But we all had one thing in common besides the obvious Jesus connection. You ready? We were so poor. We didn't have anything. We're just trying to make it, you know. 
a lot of us were pastors a lot of us were student pastors or music pastors whatever the case may be and we were in seminary a lot of us we were in seminary and we were also serving in churches usually an hour to two hours away three hours away and so we were all just trying to make it and there was just one couple that man we just loved they were just so full of the love of God they were fun to be around they did cool stuff and there was just one Christmas where we had all we'd all done a lot of preparation on um, the Lord's Supper and, and participating in the Lord's Supper and preparing to give the Lord's Supper and and this young couple man they were serving faithfully in a church a few hours from New Orleans and they were they really were just fun to be around the kind of people you wanted to see coming you know there are those people that you don't want to see coming these people you really wanted to see them come and I mean I just loved them and this one year this one Christmas where we're all it wasn't uncommon for for seminary families to to help other families out if they were low on funds or low on groceries or whatever the case may be and on this particular Christmas this one couple they just felt called to sacrifice in their giving there was just one huge problem there wasn't anything to give financially you ever been there you might not be there now, but when you first start off in marriage, many times you're there. And this couple, they tied faithfully, they gave faithfully, but they wanted to give sacrificially. And so they made a decision to fast. They made a decision to bring that desire before the Lord. And here's what they came back with. You ready? Real simple. They surrendered their lives before the altar of God and said all right God we're yours we'll do whatever you want you've got everything we've got we don't have anything else financially to give we're giving you everything that we've got but we want to be used in an extra special way this Christmas season here's what happened over the course of the next four weeks this young couple would befriend people who were homeless they would befriend moms that were abused that were at that time living in the Brantley Center in New Orleans off of Magazine Street and they would befriend other seminarians and before long this young couple that had nothing they thought financially to give was giving their lives all the way back for God and it moved from a country church to the city of New Orleans to that campus and that seminary family and what they experienced that Christmas season was the presence Because they took time to prepare for the coming of the Christ child. And what they learned is that he expected them to give back not just their resources, but their ministry and their lives. The presence of God has always preceded by the preparation of our hearts which always involves opening the Word of God and it always involves allowing the Word of God to order our lives you can strive for perfection or you can strive for his presence you just can't do both I would encourage you this morning as we prepare for the coming of the Christ child to strive for the presence of God this Christmas season and do everything you can to prepare your heart to be at one with Jesus so you can make much of him in the weeks to come. Let's pray. 
Lord, we love you, and we thank you for first loving us. And we thank you for the privilege to be here on this holiday weekend, the busiest travel weekend of the year when people are going left and right and they're trying to get home. You, you let us here. Lord, thank you for an incredible time of worship. Thank you for the privilege to open your word. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for the challenge. And we ask today, Lord, as we prep our hearts to respond, that, that we would do just that, that we would respond in obedience. That obedience is different for everybody inside of my voice. So, Lord, help us to allow your spirit right now to search our hearts, our minds, our attitude, and our actions, and our motives. Help us, Lord Jesus, to leave here today at one, at peace with you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand right now. We have a couple of next steps this morning. You know, it's interesting that when we think about the Christmas season, the word Jesus, his name, if you go back and you do a little bit of homework on the name of Jesus, it literally means Savior of the world. And if that's never been your declaration, if you've never had that transfer of trust, you know today you can. Today that can be the best Christmas present early that you could give yourselves by embracing what Christ did on the cross. The Bible says, to everyone who calls in the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. Maybe that's your decision. Maybe it's baptism. We have a baptism service on December the 13th. We have three people scheduled to be baptized. But maybe you've never experienced baptism by immersion. Maybe that's your decision today. Or maybe that's just a seed that's being planted in your mind for days to come. Or maybe, just maybe, there needs to be a readjustment this morning. That would be a rededication. Or maybe this needs to be your church home. Or maybe there's some other decision that needs to be made. Whatever you're wrestling with this morning, my encouragement for you would be to respond in obedience as Ryan leads us.